Alrighty. Okay. So we're ready to roll. I thought we were rolling. Is this the no, show? No, I need, is this the show? show? Yeah, I think this is the show. You guys do this every Come week. On, is this the show? Every week you do this. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 48 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra and I'm Toronto, Ontario. And I'm joined once again by my co-host Aaron Bay in Whitby, Ontario. How's it going? And we also have Greg Heo over there at the Eaton Centre in Toronto, Ontario. Hello out there. And we're also joined this week by Jaime Lopez, the long-lost son in Seattle. Long time no see. <laughs> or here, <laughs> whatever the case may be on radio. Yeah, so how's it going, eh? Yeah. Um, alrighty, so we have a couple of follow-up items based on what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Um, one of which is uh, has to do with REPL, which um, Aaron mentioned last week. And... Um, one of Jaime's favorite people that he follows online. I'm not going to try and say her name. Can you say it for me, Aaron? Ayaka Nonaka. Ayaka Nonaka. Come on, <laughs> Ayaka Nonaka. Anyway, she 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 posted a uh, a video of her talk at the Swiss Summit, or not? She posted it's it's been posted by it's hosted by Realm, and I watched it a couple of uh, weeks ago and got really excited because I like doing stuff on the command line. And she talked about using uh, Swift scripting on the command line in her talk and gave an example of, of how you go about doing that. So kind of if you're into command line stuff, uh, I think that using, we talked about REPL last week with in re- in reference to Ruby and its similarities with Playground. But uh, yeah, I really like the idea of being able to test out stuff on the command line as well. And, and uh, I'll, you know, I even posted a couple of shots too and um, started a, a minor flame war on uh, Twitter the other day. But um, you've got to be, uh, can you put the link to that little <laughs> conversation yeah I certainly yeah I certainly can I mean I, I I got schooled by a friend of the show Farley Caesar and of course you know then Aaron jumped in and then you know I said I hope Greg doesn't see this and of course he did because I included him in the tweet and so I had to rewrite my uh, little example and put it back up and get up there again and eventually I went back and wrote a struct as per Greg's instructions. <laughs> so did you start but with a class? Cool. Is that like what you did before? I don't no, know. No, I just, I, I just said var, set of var string variables, equals I mean, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. I just okay. said, I got it. I just said So you didn't var. use let is what I gather. I didn't, yeah, I didn't use let. That was the first thing, right? And then and then all I wanted to do was print, I love Horn Just Code Podcast. I don't know why I would want to do that, you know? I hate that but podcast. I, I, uh-huh. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but but to be honest with you, I was actually trying to I was trying to do some clickbait, right? And I I think I, it kind of worked in boy did it sort work. of a sort of a bad press kind of way, right? And there's no such thing no such thing as bad press, so. But it was interesting, and then, you know then and I, and I you know you guys were right because I should Greg was right I should have started with a struct because you know because then I could basically have all kinds of different uh, podcasts listed and blah blah blah. But I was just doing a quick command line. Hey, this is cool. You can do this on the command line kind of demo, right? So. So what do you guys think about uh, Swift on the command line? Awesome. I Look at Greg. He's already on it. Got the link to the conversation. Oh, does he? Yeah, it's in the uh, document now. Oh, cool. Very good. Yes. I think it's great. And I can't wait till we start writing bash shell scripts in Swift instead <laughs> and writing things like that. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. Do we wait. have access to like system resources? Things like... Um, uh, you know, like yeah, file open and 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 read line and things like that. Of course, yeah. In Swift. Sure. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, well, but you just does, I think you just have to you have to include include foundation, but yeah, you can totally do that. Oh, you're using like NS File Manager. 
Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was demonstrate when I did my demo on um, uh, notifications. I I basically set the, changed the time zone on my on my Mac, which is a different app than my my running Swift app, right? And the notification fired off uh, using a system call. All right. Yeah. Uh, what is um, Ayaka Nonaka? Did you watch that uh, talk, Tim? Did I? Yeah. Yeah. And so, what sorts of things are she talking about? Well, she talks about basically the whole like opening, a, peeling back the onion on on the whole idea of, of um, running the commands, which I'm drawing a complete blank on right now. Hang on, let me open my ter- open my terminal. Oh. Um, history. Hang on. I think it's Xcode. Uh, CX run, run Swift. Swift. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I know how to get into it, but yeah. what what sorts of things was she showing? Well, it was just very very simple things. She showed how to basically do you know uh, like run it raw in the terminal, and then she talked about making a bash script for uh, how to do it as a bash script, and then and then call that script uh, as you would any other script, and and uh, have it automatically you know figure out your environment and and, r- and run the script file. So all right. So the same thing you would do with it, like like a traditional Bash script or you know run PHP or whatever it is you want to run on the command line, right? So there's no reason now that I should ever have to write Bash or Ruby scripts anymore. Essentially, as long yeah, I think so. Import foundation and I've got everything I need. You may still need so. Perl scripts, of course, but yeah. No, I, I I haven't written Perl in my life at all ever. Really? Yeah, well, no need for Perl. You haven't lived until you've written Perl. Then I am a currently a dead man. <laughs> a dead man podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> Why would you want to write in Pearl? It's 2015, and I'm not John Syracuse. What do we got? No. Talk me into it. Totally. No. No answers. No. I, got no reason. No, but 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 totally. Like, yeah, I'm I'm totally on the side with you. That yeah. Once once I I realized. I mean, for a long time there, I was using a uh, there was an Apple script um, image library that you could access on the command line, and you know when I was originally doing things. Similar to what you would do in, in Flickr and that kind of stuff back in the early days, I would use the Apple script calls or the sort of the Apple SIP was what it was called, which is uh, something or imaging something around. SIP is order. the is the voice transport. No, there was it was something like that, but it was a command that basically let you take like images, for instance, and scale them down, or or you know uh, like sim- like you would do with with um, what's that image magic, right? It's still here. SIPS uh, is what you scriptable SIPs. image processing system is what you're thinking. Yeah, that's SIPs. what it was. SIPs. SIPs. Yeah. Yeah, so I used to use that all the time until I moved over to Linux servers, and I had to learn how to learn how to use Image Magic for that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, you know, my early early PHP stuff back in 2000, whatever, you know, upload an image, have SIPs kick in, and and do the image processing, and then send me back a thumbnail for my website, kind of thing, right? So fascinating. Yeah, I mean, huh? I said fascinating. Yeah, and then my first my first uh, uh, foray into PHP was running a hockey pool. So I basically learned how you know because I didn't want to buy Microsoft SQL, and so I learned how to my SQL, and I learned you know used to use Ox scripts to um, grab a web page, and not that you would do this, you know, and parse the web page down to just get the raw data out, take that data, turn it into my my SQL statement, and update my database or update the hockey pool database every morning. My my time. first PHP project was uh, NFL pool. So yeah, how do you like that? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Same only different. Yes. I wrote a, a fantasy ago. baseball app a long time ago too. So See, like it all, all starts with the sports, sports ball. ball. Sports ball. Sports ball. Go other team. I mean, go my team. Score more <laughs> points. Guys are sportsing so hard. This episode is brought to you by Alicia Ramirez, Bill Smith, and Felix Wong, our gracious and generous Patreon supporters. 
If you'd like to sponsor our show, head on over to patreon.com slash mtjc. You can also show us your love with a nice review on iTunes. We would love that very much. Thank you. Yes. Hey, I've got a, uh, a Swift update that I think you might find amusing. Sure. Um, you remember last week on the show, this, so this is a follow-up, uh, we talked about um, my writing uh, an asynchronous image view uh, replacement for AF yes. Networking plus UI Image View. Yes. Anyway, uh, I said I was writing in, script, in Swift, and then um, I, I got really frustrated with it because it was taking too long. Mm-hmm. And so I switched over to Objective-C. Okay. Um, and I, I finished it because I was writing in Objective-C, and I've published it now. It's, so it's available on GitHub. Um, I guess I'll send the uh, put the link in the show notes. Um, I'll send that to you. But uh, ended up writing in Objective C, and it's now a replacement for NS Image View and UI Image View plus AF mm-hmm. Networking, so that you can, in your project, have asynchronous image loading for both platforms. So, do you have a pod spec and a cart file? Nope. <laughs> is is that Carthage? Yeah. No, I've I, I've never looked at Carthage. I guess it's in. Is it is it an extension or what is it? Or a new set of classes? Yeah, just a set of classes. Okay. It could easily be potted up, I suppose. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the document, but um, I got really frustrated with Swift. You know, like, um, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with Swift. Uh, it's just that I was finding it was taking too long, uh, mm-hmm. and and having a really hard time uh, getting around the syntax of the language. Right. Um that I, I think I really need to go back and, and read the manual again because I'm, I'm having some fundamental issues with it yeah. uh, that I'm having a really hard time with. And I just um, i am so eager to get it done and so I can move on that I, I just said, to heck with it, I'm going to do this in Objective-C. Right. A lot of times what I do with, with uh, projects that I'm working on that mm-hmm. I want to do in Swift is, is I'll write it in Objective-C first, you know, just to get the, the, the logic and the concept out of the way and then go back and write it in Swift. Yeah, so eventually. I find that helps. I would have to do that. I've, I've actually but, got a lot of it in uh, uh, in Swift right now, Yeah, obviously, but um, you know, like I still need to, you know, I would have to go back and really nail it down. Uh, maybe there eventually. There definitely is a paradigm shift in your thinking when you're switching to Swift, I think. Would you, would you agree, Greg? I think so. I mean, it's, it's easy to write swift in an objective c style like if i looked at i'm just looking at the source here right now Aaron. if i looked at it and i could just do a swift port of it i think pretty easily but mm-hmm. then i guess the idea well i mean i guess there's nothing wrong with that if you're not sort of swifty at the core i think that's okay i was gonna say yeah. maybe i'll fork it and i'll send you a pull request go we can, do co- it. We can compare yeah. swift implementations yeah it's really <laughs> simple i mean that's that's the thing that was so frustrating is that i mean if you're looking at say the telemachus um main class there it's really straightforward, you know? Um, mm-hmm. There's there's hardly anything to it, but every line was a struggle, you know? Like, you know, Xcode, every line, you write a line, hit return, and error on the previous line. And just like, ah, stop it. Like, I, it took me um, ages to figure out how to write um, NS URL session data task. Mm-hmm. Um, just the data task with URL method. Uh, writing oh, that you in had that Swift. problem with the error throwing. Is that this? Is yeah, what that was about, it. Right? Yeah, okay. I tweeted okay. about it. I had a hell of a time with that, um, and it it took several back back and forth with um, some helpful people on Twitter to uh, to nail that one down. But uh, it was really frustrating. Anyway, so thought I'd like to uh, share that little story about Telemachus. Um, 
this Plus is working in Swift for me. Defense, in Swift's defense, you were using the Swift 2 beta, is that right? Yeah, I was. Okay. Um, what have you seen, Greg, in terms of the beta? Have have there been some inconsistencies or still some issues? No, I'm just it's just the usual. Well, you use beta software, so you can't blame it yet. Although I yeah. suspect that's not the case. It's actually been pretty stable. I've been keeping an eye out for some uh, RayWendelk.com ding plans about <laughs> sort of writing articles on Swift and sort of when it's safe to get started with yeah. writing stuff on Swift too. And I've been tracking the the deltas between the releases. And it's been, actually been pretty good. Like. I mean, compared to last year, we only have one year's worth of data, but last yeah. year from beta one to beta two to beta three was like massive changes to the language. Yeah. And we haven't seen something similar with Swift 2. So to me, it seems like it's in pretty good shape. And if you wrote, I, if you had completely succeeded and wrote this class with whatever we're on beta three, I suspect that by the time GM rolls around, your code would probably still work. That's what I, that's what I would think. I like the idea of that. Um, and I didn't get the sense that there was anything particularly buggy about Swift or in Xcode uh, while I was working on it. I think it's just, I, I really do think it's just me not being familiar enough with the language. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I, I really felt like I've got to pick up that guide again um, and just plow through mm -hmm. it, make mm -hmm. sure I understand it all. Does um, that mean you were working on Magpie in Xcode 7? Yes, I, I do have a branch of Magpie, uh, version 1.5, uh, which I'll be launching in the fall when iOS 9 and 10.11 come out. Okay, cool. Do you have any so. particular issues with either iOS 9 or 10.11? No. No, not, not hardly any. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, cool. so, yeah, it's in pretty good shape. Um, I'm actually now working on uh, a few new features. Uh, so, you know, things have been working pretty great. Cool. Like, you know, like I think we've mentioned this before, especially when talking about iOS 9 and 10.11, is that if you had done, like, the good architecture that Apple has been encouraging us to do, things like size classes and... Um, and it's your all session and um, auto layout, you know, those things. If, you, if your app was built with that stuff, then you're in great shape for the new OS. And, hmm. it, you know, because I, I only started Magpie last fall, then, you know, I'm already there. Hmm. So there you go. So what else is going on? I was doing customer support tonight for Magpie. Very excited. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a first, you know? Like... <laughs> Really? Yeah, email like support or email? Yeah, it just kind of tweets. Email support. Nobody tweets me, but uh, you know, it was pr pretty cool to have emails stacked up in my inbox that I wasn't able to deal with today, in which I, I then sat down cool. and dispensed with. It's kind of nice. I've only got forty-two customers, but apparently they have issues. So, so you've got a high cool. customer to email ratio. Apparently, apparently, hmm. yeah. Well, he's he's also got one of the hosts of the show keeps asking him dumb questions too. <laughs> At least you're not emailing them, though. <laughs> That's true. His inbox. No, I just text him directly. I uh, know I did a feature request on Twitter, 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 <laughs> and uh, he replied to me on that. Yes. That vehicle. Yes. Are you just emailing people, Aaron, or do you use one of those customer support? No, good lord. Things? No, I'm just emailing people. All right. Yeah. This isn't some big ass operation, you know. This is just a, you know. Well, you know, if someone sends an email and it goes to one of those web services, then yeah. you can go well, on I know there what you and reply. Yeah. yeah. Those aren't yeah. that. Uh, that extreme or anything is it i think i need to get yeah. a few more emails before that becomes uh, relevant to my my life i think you know yeah well i, I we there's zendesk which you can yeah. use, of course but i i have my own which is an australian php script thing that uh, runs pretty well i've been using it for years you know and, and it sends people a response right away knowing that you know at least they get the sense that you're you care mm-hmm you know, and then you can fall and then there's like a ticket system so we have a frontline person who looks at all the support things and then 
the difficult things get sent to the developer, you know. Sure. I mean, if it's I escalated to level two or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm not dealing yeah. with anything like that volume. I, I kind of regret yeah. mentioning it now. <laughs> it sounds like you're busier than you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one I really liked that I used once was every time you sent an email to a particular address, it would log an issue in. I think it was like Jira that we were using at the oh, time. Oh God. And then before. somebody could, but somebody could triage through and either just delete them from there or assign them right to you. And it's yeah. not like yeah. they would be like, oh, somebody, you know, forward it to you with an explanation. You just kind of add whatever comments you have, if any, mm-hmm. and just assign it to you, and then you know, kind of be done with it. But yeah. no one had to actually file anything because they just magically came in as issues, which was kind of nice if you like Jira. And then eventually eventually you have a list of known issues that uh, that you can you can have a, a book for sort of so so the person who doesn't necessarily have to know ins and outs of the app can can sort of feel those kind of questions right so a significant other of yours could be doing it for you when you get you know super popular and you're flying from you know city to city doing talks on magpie and yeah, how you you know made your first million, right? Because mm. then it's easier to hire a support person who can help you, right? Just say, here's a login to the yeah. thing, and just start to yeah start answering those, clearing out those issues. I gotta be doing a lot more than forty two sales to make that worth. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So, how are things going there, Jaime? Like, with uh, you guys, you did launch last week. Oh, uh, we didn't have a new app version like, an uh, like a new, i mean like a new completely new app certainly app version stuff is going out and all sorts of stuff that we're planning for you know our our quarter and everything so there's just a ton of things mm. uh, just bouncing around just doing all sorts of stuff at once so as as head of development over there do you sort of you get pulled into lots of meetings and that kind of stuff or yeah that's that certainly happens and then i'm also responsible for putting out things and I'm ultimately responsible for releasing the iOS app so it's definitely mm. a lot lot to do. Uh, we are hiring by the way. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I should see if we can throw a couple sponsor bucks towards us uh, here on the podcast but uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah no I saw that I think I saw it on LinkedIn actually that OfferUp was hiring. Oh yeah yeah I mean yeah. if you guys are interested in moving over to uh, Seattle. I like to stay dry. Thank you. Well, hang on a second, though. Isn't there like some devastating? Yeah. Like, did you read that thing? Holy crap! Yeah. What was that about? Can you fill me in? I didn't. I didn't. I read it, but I couldn't. I wasn't sure what I was reading. Are you kidding? Did you read the whole thing? I kind of glanced at it. It was terrifying. Okay, so get this. There is a fault that goes through, like, off the coast of Seattle. All right. Yeah. Extending for a massive amount of distance, by the way. Too. This is like from um, Vancouver Island down through Oregon. And yeah. um, something like that. And at some point, like, it's actually, like, about 100 years overdue. This fault line is going to erupt and yeah. create this huge earthquake, probably something like uh, a 9.2 on the Richter scale. Wow. And this is an exponential scale, by the way. So it's, like, hundreds mm-hmm. of times more powerful than, like, an 8, right? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's going to create a huge earthquake last a few minutes, right? This is the, the, the scenario that was laid out in the article. Right. And... After the earthquake, there's going to be a massive tsunami that's going huh. to basically wipe out all civilization on the west coast of, of Washington <laughs> State, okay? Wow, yeah. It, and it's going to turn the Cascade Mountains into a beachfront, okay? Cool. Oh, my God! I'm like, <laughs> holy cow, it's terrible. And they're totally unprepared! 
There's no preparation at all. These guys are screwed. <laughs> so, the, so the pay rate at OfferUp must be going up exponentially as well, right? It could happen tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe they should offer some kind of danger pay, Jaime. You can think about exactly. that. Exactly. Right, yeah. right, right. Occupational hazard, right? <laughs> it's definitely uh, talk of the town for sure. Um, yeah, no, think. But... You know, be that as a bit, it, it, it could happen tomorrow. I'm not going to say it couldn't. Uh, it could also yeah. be dead for 500 years, and it will still have not happened. True. That's true. True. Still. I mean, what do you do, right? Like, you're a government, and you're trying to, you know, be reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can see, like, the geologists are telling you that this thing could happen anytime. Really could happen anytime. Yeah. Uh, how do you prepare for that? So, so do you have flood insurance, Jaime? <gasps> I actually do have <laughs> flood insurance. Uh, but uh, side segue here, my housing area, like my neighborhood, I suspect is built on a lahar. So for folks that don't know what a lahar is, so when a yeah. volcano explodes, there's all sorts of stuff that comes down, like mud, debris, sorts of things, right? So yeah. there's a, a yeah. big mountain around here called Mount Rainier, which is a volcano. I'm fairly certain the big hilly area around my entire, you know, 20-some mile region is probably Lahar from one of the explosions that Rainier had in the past. So it re-solidified, mm-hmm. but it's not bedrock. So I'm fairly certain this yeah. area will liquefy under like a <laughs> nine-point-something conditions. Yeah, right, that's right. exactly what they said in the article. Oh, my goodness. So I guess what you really do, you know, in reality, Jaime, is you read the article, you kind of freak out a little bit, and then you go on with your life. I mean, you, mm. you build your disaster repair stuff, right? like your earthquake pack and all that sort of thing. Like, what are your, your scenarios for, okay, who, who can I contact outside the community, let them know I'm okay, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And clearly you need to practice agile development, right? Yeah, <laughs> agile by like running away from the uh, <laughs> the falling debris <laughs> while coding. Yeah, you have to be able to duck and dive exactly. <laughs> cool. Man, so if you're a developer out there and you're looking for a new position in Seattle, you know, get a hold of Jaime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Let's hope you yes. remain high and dry for many many years to come. Mm-hmm. Well, we could always go work down in San Francisco and worry about the San Andreas Fault, right? Yeah, well, you know, actually, the article mentioned that one, too. That's uh, not nearly as problematic as, as this one. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So Seattle's best-kept secret. Totally. Uh, yeah, the San Andreas one is only capable of something like an 8.5, I think, they were saying. Wow. So that's actually, uh, it's not nearly as terrifying as, as the other one. Terrifying. Well. Yeah. I think I'll stay here. You know, southern Ontario is tectonically stable, great weather. We've had earthquakes. Oh, please. <laughs> Not like Vancouver. Not Vancouver. like anything out there, no. Yeah, I've had, I, had, I remember having one in Vancouver. It was a, quite a shock, literally. Finally, new iPod Touches, huh? Come on, give it up for the iPod Touch. I'm excited about that. Yeah, my daughter is. <laughs> are you, you guys are being sarcastic? Well, not really, no. no. I really am excited. <laughs> okay. Well, I wasn't sure when I put it on there what, what the reaction was going to be. Well, it is, it is exciting because it's been three years. Um, yeah. Oh, has yeah, it? Yeah. 2012. It came out October 2012. Yeah. Style, right? yeah. I actually uh, bought bought that for my daughter when it came out. And so she has it now. She uses it like crazy cakes. And yeah. um, it's obviously showing its age. Battery life is pretty poor at this point. And so we're thinking about yeah. what to do. Do we replace it with a new iPod Touch? You know, up until today. 
you know, mm, because yeah. there's there's no new device. Uh, mm-hmm. Or do we... She doesn't want an iPad. She doesn't want an iPad mini. Um, don't right, know why, right. but she just doesn't. Mm. And um, well, she would really love to have my iPhone 6. That's what she wants. Well, that's essentially what this <laughs> is. Yes, it I is. I was going to say, you the should phone. tell her. It's the same thing, but smaller. Yeah. yeah. My grandson's having the same issue. He's got a fifth gen as well. He's had it for a couple of years. And uh, the home button has stopped working about a year ago. Uh-huh. So he's got, you know, the um, assist- assistance... Um, yeah. Home yeah. button turned yeah. on, yeah. right? Yeah. So I see that a lot. Thought, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and it's funny because I thought that could be replaced, but anyway, somebody told me it couldn't be fixed. So, oh, anything could be fixed. Yeah, I know. It's just it's how just much you're willing to pay for it, right? Well, there's a guy down in college that uh, has been doing, you know, since the iPods first came out, you know, battery replacements and screen replacements. Totally. Yeah. You know. It's just that you, yeah, the, the problem is that you've got to take it in and, uh, and leave your phone with them for like a couple of days. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to do that. Like my wife, for example, she's got an iPhone five, and the uh, yeah. the sleep wake switch on the top is yeah. dead. It doesn't work. Um, huh. But it's covered by a replacement program. So anytime she could take it in, and they'll replace it for free. But she'll be without a phone for a few days. Are you sure? Because because uh, I had an issue with my five. Mind you, it was still under warranty, and I went into the Apple store and I played real dumb. But of course, Apple doesn't listen to this show, so I don't worry about it. But um, they uh, they went in the back and just brought me a new phone and just sort of said, "Is your stuff backed up?" I said, "Yes." And they said, "Well, here we'll give you a new phone." <laughs> really, a new iPhone yes. five. It was a five S at the time, wow. yeah. But it was that was the phone uh, that was the top of the top of the line phone at the time, right? So yeah. Oh, weird. Yes, but it was still within the first year, I think, of of ownership, ah, right? I, so. Well, this is obviously not anymore. Um, but there's an actual replacement program, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I got I got my wife's phone, uh, the five, the iPhone five. I got that battery replaced. That had that battery issue. Yeah, yeah, we got that one done, and I can't remember. No, I guess I had to take that one in too. That's true. Is that hey, Jaime, Jaime Lopez Junior? Yeah, Jaime's here. Oh, as I live and breathe, it's a Jaime Lopez. We're just talking about the awesome new iPod Touch. I know nothing about it other than it exists. I haven't had any time well, to read about it. It's like so, an iPhone 6 in an iPod Touch 5th generation's body. Mm. Yeah, with, probably with better colors. Too. Mm. Yeah, nicer yeah. colors. New colors. Is it metal metal body? Yeah, yeah, it's a metal the... body. Oh, okay. Blue cool. is the, uh, looks like a nice one. Uh, and then it comes in red and gold and, and, the and space gray and yeah, and that fuchsia Silver. Too. And, and they silver. didn't, they dropped that uh, loop thing that used to be on the back. Oh, oh, did really? they? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Th- that was a bit lame, really. Yeah, I never... But what I think is so. cool about it is that it actually has an A8 and an M8 chip, which makes it more powerful, if you think about it, or more up-to-date, I guess, than than the minis, in fact, right? Probably, Except yeah. for the fact it doesn't have Touch ID, right? No mm-hmm. Touch ID, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but And even at a $200 price point, that's not a bad bad starting point, right? Or is that 200 American? What's yeah, that 200 that? US. I was, uh, it was 250 Canadian. Oh, is it okay? Yeah, I was looking at that today for the 16 gig version, and there—that's bad news. Also, remember we've complained about yeah. the 16 gig uh, models that Apple's shipping at those starting prices, and sure, you know that's—it turns out that that's no accident. Like that's Apple trying to get you to bump up to the next level. I don't know if you listened to the hmm. John Gruber talk show episode at WWDC. I have. He yet, had no. Phil Schiller um, to interview right, on the yes. stage, and he asked him about that. And Phil's response was was kind of funny, actually. You know, like overall, it was a good interview, but um, there w- there was definitely marketing speak in the Phil Schiller mm. interview. Uh, yeah. And this was a good example of that. He said that to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing here, that people like spending less on the phone to get into the 
into the iPhone, if you will. And this is a way that they can do that. Not everybody needs uh, 16 gigs of storage, or sorry, 32, uh, yeah. or 64, as the case may be in this, this point, right? Um, yeah. And now we have cloud storage, so it's not that big a deal anymore. <laughs> That's, uh, well, if you consider the iPod Touch as primarily a music player, and then of course, if you pay your nine ninety nine to get Apple Music, then it's like you don't need any storage at all, right? You can stream it all. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, Mick will be happy. Comes in space gray. Yeah, two forty nine Canadian. Silver, gold, space gray, pink, blue, and in the UK red. you can pay with Apple Pay. I'm sure, right? And the US? <laughs> no, no, you'll get like twenty or thirty pounds. It's like sixty dollars US. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a limit on the American American Apple Pay? No, that's some weird like contactless payments thing in the UK. Oh, it's a, okay. Yeah, I think somebody mentioned that. Yeah, right, hmm. right. So I, I guess is it, did you guys already talk about while I was out? Did you talk about the like this is weirdly off cycle, right? You yes. Expect they would just tag along in September or October, whichever is the the right one to say. Oh, by the way, we also updated the iPods. Mm-hmm. I think it's a sign that they uh, they don't have much care for this product line anymore. You know, like and look look at the the iPod Touch is one thing, but they updated the Nano and the Shuffle as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And aside from the colors, they are virtually unchanged. Like even really? like look look at the Nano, um, and yeah. it's still got the iOS six ish UI. You know, with the oh, right, yeah. with the. Um, uh, the pinstripe backgrounds and the the big bu- bubbly icons, uh, it still looks the same. They didn't even bother to update the software. Huh. Uh, I've gotten into that and seen if it's iOS, some strange build of iOS, or what is that running on the Nano? Because you can't really download no. apps, but there no, are things like there is like a podcast app on the thing. I think but it's still the old mean? Pixo OS from the original iPod. Because it looks like, you know, it's got like a swipeable screen with pages, yeah. kind of like Springboard, and it has icons, but and it does have a home button. But I don't, I don't remember. I haven't looked it up or anything. But I'm just curious if anyone's gone in and seen what that thing is. Yeah, I'm pretty mm. sure it's a Pixel. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking at a gallery image of it, and the video player looks very, very iOS six. Like it's got the skeuomorphic navigation bar and a done button, you know, with the edge on it. So definitely, it's an older older iteration of os i guess Hmm. Hmm. so i've got an interesting Interesting. uh question here perhaps so i think aaron is right in that they've not cared about this product line for a while now because it's no longer the shining jewel so it raises the question of why update it at all and why update it now and my facetious hypothetical is somebody said wait We've got this music service, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about our music <laughs> oh. players? Uh, they're utter garbage oh. from like two years ago. Uh, uh, will those iPhone six parts fit in a iPod body? Yes. Great. Double the order on space gray paint. Order some pink yeah. paint. Shove them in there. Get it done. We'll release it as soon as it can. Yeah. If they had released them together, if they had said Apple Music is launching. And here's iTunes 12, and here are the new iPods. Then I think I would have said, all right, they're, yeah. they, they found a new time for it. Maybe next year when they get some new bands signed, then they'll release more iPod to, or something like that. But the fact that, mm. like, like you said, Jaime, the fact that it was like two weeks later, and it seems like sort of an afterthought, is the timing is a little strange. I, th- I thought they would have waited. But at the same time, maybe, why should we hold back iOS 8.4 for these, you know, for the iPod Touches that are, imagine if they had like a two-week delay. It's like, should we delay it? iOS 8.4 and Apple Music? Like, no, those can go ahead. Who cares about the hardware? That's not so important anymore. Mm-hmm. No, but totally, you know, there's the whole sort of consuming the, uh, the music 
angle of it like that's that's i think that's on point in that you know the ipod has always sort of been the you know i'm running down the street doing my jogging you know i can you know i was going to say control with my watch what was i thinking um but you know you you still got people who want to have that consumer thing and and again it's sort of like like uh the starter phone for you know the the younger the younger crowd i mean um uh, Aaron's daughter and my grandson are the same age, and they're both, you know, running around school with iPods, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I heard yeah. slightly older. I was speaking to with my one of my colleagues, Susan, and she was yeah. saying her son, who's twelve or thirteen or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, he mm-hmm. has an Android phone. Like she didn't want to give him a expensive iPhone, even their her her husband's castaway iPhones. She didn't want to give them to him. So instead, he has really? like a hundred dollar HTC Android phone. But then he still wanted an iPod Touch. And apparently that's what the kids at school have. They have really crappy Android phones, the ones who do have phones. And then they have iPod Touches that they actually use day to day. Well, I was going to say, I think it's really important that kids do have phones, not for the you know, sake of having a phone, but for the sake of, of being in contact with their parents mm-hmm. and sort of knowing where they are and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, she tells them, you know, this phone is not for you. This phone is for me to get in yeah, touch with you and yeah. for you to text me when I yeah. text you or whatever. And so that's, yeah. he considers it, oh, this is like the link to mom and dad. And so the iPod Touch is like the necessary second device for all the actual yeah. stuff that he wants to do. Well, yeah. I mean, I see a lot of kids walking around coming because I walk my dog later in the afternoon and I see kids coming home from school in clumps and there's always two or three of them that at least have an iPhone, you know, so it's very important stuff. In fact, like I'm dealing with that right now, you know, I, um, our daughter is starting to, you know, she's 11 and she's starting to Mm -hmm. go out more and more by herself. Mm -hmm. This is a new thing, right? And so, you know, all our friends have, yeah, terrifying. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I've got this old iPhone 4. Yeah. And uh, so I'm actually right now in the process of getting it unlocked uh, from Fido. And uh-huh. uh, just a pain in the ass, by the way. But oh, yeah. um, yeah. once that's done, I've got a like a, a data-only plan for it. Yeah. Uh, like, it, like basically, it's a it's a tablet plan that I managed mm. to get Telus to install on this phone. And so I have the SIM just waiting for the unlocked so it all just starts mm-hmm. working. But she's mm-hmm. going to carry that iPhone 4 around with her uh, mm-hmm. whenever she goes out. So I'll be able to track her on Find My Friends. And she can text me or phone me even uh, using FaceTime, mm-hmm, wherever mm-hmm. she is. Uh, this is the way to go, man. Like, why Why would anybody have phone minutes anymore? <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just a, a vestigial tail on the carriers, you know, to have these phone minute components of their plans when uh, it's quite obvious. Anybody with an iPhone, anyway, uh, should be able to have, you know, access to uh, voice voice communication. You know, it's just a just data, right? So, yeah, that's totally true. That's well, those hundred minutes are so valuable, right? It's like uh, <laughs> my bank just changed the plan, and I saw something online, and it's like, oh, you can do fifteen transactions a month now included. I'm like, is it really like each transaction costs the bank, you know, a quarter or fifty cents, and that's why I have to pay five dollars or ten dollars? It's just crazy, like that charging by transaction in the middle of the night on online, right? It so. reminded me of the same thing with the with the voice minutes. That's exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just a, an artificial way that these companies have of, of charging you for something, which is yeah. recurring revenue. Yeah, because yeah. every time I go online and I push a few buttons to send a payment, it's like, oh well, someone had to do something, and that that, that cost fifty cents right there, right? Yeah, sure. So. Using computer time. Yeah. You need to rethink it, though, Greg. You need to think of them as in-app purchases. <laughs> <laughs> and now, how do you feel? Uh, oh, it's you could get fifty useless jewels, case, or you could get yeah. very fifty useful transactions in your banking account. Yeah. yeah. Now, how does the the payment sound? 
South Park. In that case, I'll give them the I'll give them yeah, my four ninety nine every month. Yeah, think about it. It's your, it's your delivery truck, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in that context, you know, uh, giving my daughter a crappy old iPhone, um, and then an, a brand new iPod Touch, you know, to solve her yeah. current crappy old iPod Touch problem, uh, almost makes a lot more sense. Well, I guess the iPhone yeah. four is. I'm just looking at my notes here. Oh no, that's a little before the fifth gen iPod Touch, isn't it? The iPod Touch is yes. five. Yeah, so it, it came out at the same before. time as the iPhone five did, uh, so yeah. it's actually yeah. two years older than that. Yeah. But okay. like you just said, Greg, though, like, and this is this is the key, you know, like this is not for her; it's for me. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> yeah. solely to let yeah. me keep track of her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, at that, find my it friends would be is a fun. good idea. I didn't even think about that. But, oh yeah, it's yeah. it's passive, right? So like she she just has it on her person and. I don't. I don't have to have her calling me all the time or texting me to let me know where she is. I know where she is. Mm-hmm. My only concern about it is is the battery life, and is she gonna is she gonna charge it up? Like, did you think about getting replacing the battery in it? Mm, yeah. Well, the battery seems to be doing pretty well. I've been testing it yeah. for the last week. Um, mm-hmm. and it seems okay. okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something we'll definitely uh, be keeping an eye on. Yeah, I think I think the cellular uh, radio certainly does chew up a lot of battery because we, you know, all the battery issues we've had over over the years have been on phones, right? So indeed. Yeah, and all of our what we do with our phones is, you know, when my grandson first wanted to get an iPod, he basically took my old 3GS and disappeared with it, and then he called it his iPod for the longest time until he actually got an iPod for himself, right? Right. So, not that he got it; his parents got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think I think it's good to see that you know from that perspective that they are sort of creating a product that is you know lowers the bar Mm -hmm. you know for people bar or the entry bar because I mean like you know if you think about it you're spending two hundred dollars as an entry or two hundred fifty dollars Canadian as an entry point um, to rather than having to spend eight hundred dollars or get locked into some stupid cell phone plan you know to to get your kid a phone right exactly. Oh, I wish and, they and put a, that, like a SIM card in there. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> y- yeah. Well, you know, you're right. And just I mean, like a tablet, would... you know, it doesn't have to have a phone. Yeah, it, can, it totally could have just like just like the uh, the iPads, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, Aaron, did you have to do something special, or did you just go to Telus and say, "Hey, I've got an iPad at home, <laughs> a cellular iPad, and I need a, a a SIM card." Oh, I didn't bring it with me, but just give me the card. And you went <laughs> home and put it in the iPhone four, or is there something special they have to do on their end? Um, I have a friend who works there at the store. I was going to say, or do you know, oh, we should cut this out. Okay. No, you don't have to cut it out, but, uh, I, I like, I, <laughs> it, to, to answer your question. on a website that he has to put, he has to click on to make the, make it happen? To answer your question, Greg, I don't know the answer to that question. I, okay. I don't know if it was, uh, above board or not. Um, yeah. it ought to be, you know? I know, but yeah, I heard but there was something, I thought it was on the hardware side where the iPhone will say, this is not a valid cellular sim or something like that because it'll see that there's mm. no voice plan on it or something and it won't work but uh, i don't know if that's still no. the case no i don't think that is the case because okay. uh i've tested it with my own iphone mm-hmm. like I, I can i can take the sim from my ipad okay. and put it in my phone yeah um and that works okay i mean i know it works i know it's possible because when i you know buy like Rome mobility or whatever when i have a trip to the u.s and they offer data only sims i know those work yeah so i know it's technically possible but i thought you know, the evil carriers did something to yeah. make the phones not recognize it. But maybe if it's unlocked, that's part of it, too. Yeah, because even a data-only plan gets a phone number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a phone number on my iPad, exactly. So, do um, and you just have to pay uh, the, the other carrier $50 or whatever it is, the, the ransom fee to get their phone? Yeah, yeah. Or? Actually, uh, the phone is so old that I could not get Fido to unlock the phone. They said, we can't do it. It's uh, more, than an, more than a year since you've been a customer. 
Uh, it's actually been three years. And so yeah. uh, they said, you know, you've got to go somewhere else. And I said, uh-huh. like, so somewhere gray markety, And they, they said, I didn't tell you that, sir. <laughs> but yes. I mean, <laughs> your sim was already, you know, one that had fallen off the back of the truck. So you might as well go down that route anyway. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Like, what? why not at this point? <laughs> so yeah, I, I ended up going to a web-based service, um, you know, hmm. iPhone. Uh, what's it called here? I got the name. iPhone OS Unlock. Yeah. dot com and uh i paid fifty dollars really and uh sent them my imei number and yeah uh, i'm just waiting at this point they say it's going to be like one to four business days really hmm. oh okay yeah i bought a phone once in san francisco and brought it home and it was supposed to be unlocked right when i got home it turned out it was still an at&t phone so <sighs> i contacted the guy and he just went into his computer and presto change of my phone was unlocked what just like that so, yeah, no, I I think that I think it's actually just a software app that they have to use. But I think that they're I think that each phone is is sort of signed to uh, a carrier and they're responsible for it. But I, I'm pretty sure you can go to the Apple Store and get your phone unlocked as well. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think ultimately it is on Apple servers that someone has to push yeah. a button and add an IMEI to the the database because ultimately mm-hmm. what you have to do is plug the iPhone into iTunes. Exactly, yeah. and then it can tell you that it's unlocked and you're good to go. Yep. Um, but it is it, like the whole thing is just a skanky, dirty, filthy <laughs> underbelly uh, in the whole cellular industry. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that might be explaining why Apple's very much into this new Apple SIM that it has with these iPads nowadays. Um, mm, right. Oh, not yeah, in Canada, yeah. right? But in uh, in the mm. U.S. and Europe, where they have mm. relationships with uh, cell carriers. So you've got the Apple SIM in your iPad when you buy it. And then when you start it up, or any time, really, you can choose your carrier. Okay. Um, Jaime, you know about this? Yeah, and I'm trying to remember. So even though that's technically possible and true, there is something crazy. I, I don't know which of the big two. I don't know if I should blame Verizon or AT&T, or maybe it's even both of them, where mm-hmm. they've just sort of kicked that in the groin. And yes, you can activate <laughs> AT&T, but it will not unactivate without intervention by Apple back at the start. Ah. Which I think Sprint and T-Mobile, um, the number three and number four, don't have that issue. I think you can just go willy-nilly between them. Wow. Yeah. So uh, huh. write your congressman. <laughs> in congressman oh, yeah. I'm going to get right on States, that. That should not be the case. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I hate cell phone locking. The whole thing it's just a, feels just wrong. So Greg posted an interesting post here about... Uh, Apple has announced some new pricing tiers. I think I saw something about that in email, but I didn't really read it. But apparently Apple is dropping, or it's now the race for the basement in terms of uh, pricing. So, Greg, can you fill us in on what the post is about? Yeah, an email went out to the developers saying that there was going to be another App Store price adjustment. And I thought it was just another currency adjustment. Maybe Canadians would no longer get 119 apps. We'd be paying 159 or something. But some of the currencies may have been adjusted. I didn't didn't really notice at least anything for Canada. But what they've Mm -hmm. added is additional price tiers. So usually they had, I think it was tier one is like the 99 cent level. Is that right? And tier zero is free or is there? That's right. Yes. That wrong. All right. Yeah. So I have tier zero for free tier one, the cheapest price that you could set was like US 99 cents. Unfortunately, not 99 cents Canadian anymore. And what they've done is set even lower price tiers than that. So they have Mm -hmm. alternative price tier A and B. 
which I believe is only active in some regions. So I think yeah, like India, China. Yeah, like the BRIC countries. I think Brazil, or sorry, not Brazil, but Russia, Turkey, South Africa, India, Indonesia, China, Mexico. I think are the countries. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you just just for a sense of scale, for example, in Mexican pesos, I guess it is a tier one app would be fifteen, I think. But then the alternate tier A and B are five and nine, and for uh, the equivalent that they say for conversion purposes is in China. Here is the example: the alternate tier A is equivalent to sixteen cents American, which is the cheapest mm-hmm. you can set mm-hmm. now, and then mm-hmm. the tier B is three times that, so that's like close to fifty cents. So there are these sort of cut rate prices for emerging markets that are available, but only in emerging markets. So you can't say I want my app to be U.S. fifty cents or U.S. you know a quarter or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's just interesting that they've adjusted the pricing even further downwards, which seems to be a strange, maybe for us, a strange direction to go. I'm not sure what kind of target market that they're going for, but I know that a lot of things like um, textbooks is something I recently came across. Like you buy a math textbook here and it's like you know $80, $100, $120, and people will mm-hmm. actually go on eBay or other sites like that and buy like the Indian print of the same textbook and where it's like $10, the equivalent. Oh, really? And so it's just wow. the pricing is just so widely variable like that, that I guess Apple is getting into it, which I guess is a good thing. But part of me is just wondering, maybe I just don't have enough experience with selling to foreign markets, but I'm not quite sure whether that would be worthwhile is it like oh we'll make it up in volume that always seems a bit of a pipe dream to me especially for app app pricing right right but so i'm not really sure what's going on with this but it was just interesting to see that they've they've opened up the price tier below people always used to say if you set your app at tier one then the downside is that you can never have a sale other than free (laughs) but i guess now the idea is well in these certain markets you can go lower than tier one and so you could have a sale or Maybe it's just nobody buys 99, I'm making air quotes, nobody buys 99 cent apps in Turkey and you have to sell them for 50 cents maybe. I'm not sure what it's like there, but it's an interesting move on Apple to hmm. make even lower price tiers. Did Apple sell iPhones for less in those markets? <laughs> I believe like, iPhones are expensive all over the world. I don't yes, think- Yes, they are. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, they are. Maybe even more expensive, right? Yeah, so is there some resistance to, to buying apps? Maybe that is that the thing that they're trying to well, or is or is it just that there's an expectation that those prices are that low in those countries, right? I mean, you mentioned the BRIC countries before. Do you remember what what does BRIC mean? Brazil, Big. Russia, India, China. Oh, right, right. Okay. Greg had it right. So Brazil is not covered on this uh, emerging markets piece. That's right. But, but the, which the is, BRIC little, is there? Yeah. Right. It's it's a little weird that they're not because they're typically bundled together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. The China one. Uh, so the rest of them kind of sort of make sense to me, um, except the China one's a little weird because. I would gather that you're either like if you're going to go mass market and try to make up on ads or something else like you might as well go free there's no sense in charging anything at all for that piece and the much more interesting part of china is the part that is uber rich right like the reason that we have a 10k apple watch Mm -hmm. which (laughs) who cares if it's what 30 16 cents american like they they don't care right Mm. So the, this seems like a really odd one to me for for China. I don't I don't quite. I'm sure Apple has thought about it, and they probably had financial gurus look at it and say, "Yeah, verily, this is the best for that market." I just don't happen to understand myself. Like I can't rationalize it. Yeah, just given the exchange rate, it seems almost like, what's the point in charging somebody a dime? Like there's that 
test that they did where you could say, do you want a Hershey's Kiss or do you want this chocolate bar? And they would charge one cent for one. And then they did the same thing and they said it was free. And then there was like a massive difference in the people who would take the chocolate, if you, even if you charge just one penny, because it's just charging anything is just a, bar- a massive barrier to, um, barrier to entry. And the Chinese pricing is like one, one Chinese yuan. And it's like, you know, price tag one. It's like, you know, 15 cents. It just seems like you may as well just go free at that point. So mm-hmm. it's a bit of a mystery to me. But again, I don't live in these countries. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the market. So maybe there is, you know, I guess Apple wouldn't do this for nothing. But so does this mean that all the other prices kind of slide down with, with the same level? Like does Aaron's 499 become you know, two ninety nine or something? No, or? these are brand new price tiers. So all the other tiers, I believe, are unchanged. Or if they were changed, it was just to make the currency adjustments that they usually do. These are just yeah. two new ultra-low sale price kind of price tiers that you can set. Hmm. And the thing is, you can't set price tiers by country right now, right? Like, if I set a price tier, that's applying to all the countries, right? Right. You can opt out of countries. Yeah, you can opt out of countries, but if I set like price tier, uh, say five, I think is four ninety nine, um, mm-hmm. then that's going to apply in every country. Right. And so this pricing tier, this is for tier one, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And so that if I set to tier one, then it, uh, these alternate tiers become available in these countries. And I so basically, I guess the way it would work is you set tier one. And then you can say alternate tier A or alternate tier B, and it only applies to those countries. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So this is only, if that's true, this is only for 99 cent apps. Right. Right, because it's like those weren't cheap enough. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, your puzzlement, uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Still. <laughs> Um, so I'd be curious to see some app shop or one of those sites to see what apps are doing this and you know what does the what does that do to the rank in the country? I'd be interesting interested to see some stats on that as this rolls out and, and uh, just like Apple, data. right? To mm. to help people pay less for apps. You know? I think <laughs> indie developers should be pissed off about this, right? Don't you think? Well Apple Apple still gets thirty yes. percent of that, so yeah, they're still getting like, you know, they don't give a crap. five cents. Yeah. They don't care about that. <laughs> right? They don't care about that. Um, what they do care is is about making apps as cheap and affordable as possible. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we did it to ourselves. Are you saying they're devaluing our work, Aaron? Yes, that that's saying? exactly what I'm saying. Amazing. It is amazing. My fire alarm just went out. Sorry, I'm gonna have to mute myself. If you can hear oh my that. Goodness, totally. All right. Is that a test or is that for real? Do you gotta go? No, it rings all the time. Where I'm connected oh. to the building next door, and whenever something goes wrong there, then this one rings too. Beautiful. <laughs> Throw your hands up if you want to do it. Tim, you're going to 360. You should read it. And then you can say at the end, uh, you know, you can also meet me. I'll, you know, I'll be there and come and say hello or something like that, right? Yeah. Aren't you Greg presenting there? there? <laughs> my, yeah, my incorrect Greg, oh, I am. Greg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's actually talking about swift thinking. Something like or that. Or thinking in swift. Something like that. If you guys have suggestions on what I should talk about, then you guys can ping oh, me with that offline. You have no idea. <laughs> 360 iDev is, one, is the longest running and largest indie iOS conference in the United States, possibly the world, bringing nearly 400 developers and designers from around the world to Denver, Colorado every year. It's a great time to up your dev game, meet new people, reconnect with friends, and generally spend four days with the best in the iOS community. You can also save 15% with a discount code of Community. 
So uh, I think we talked about this off. We talked about this offline. Jaime, I mean, you're not going to 360i dev this year, right? Unfortunately, the timing is just not going to work out for uh, for right. me. It's unfortunate. It's right. a bummer. I highly recommend it to folks if you haven't been there before. Go check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I, I bit the bullet and and um, booked my room, bought my ticket. Um, Greg's going to be speaking there as well. If you want, if you're a fan of the show and you want to meet the alternate host, Greg Keough. He's talking about uh, changing your mind or thinking more in a swift frame of mind, I believe is the talk. If his apartment building doesn't burn down. If Yeah, well, that, that's always a possibility, right? So, And the usual uh, usual uh, type people are going to be speaking at 360i dev as well. So, Such as? Hang on. Paper. Filler, filler, filler. 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 Yes. You really need like, a Surface Pro or something, man. <laughs> A Surface Pro. <laughs> the iPad's not iPad. cutting it out for you. You need a you need a Surface Pro, brother. Oh, you need to be able to draw. Here. That's the thing. I do have an iPad here. Yeah, I bought. Well, I, I, did you listen to the show a couple of weeks ago? Uh, I may I've got a paper and pen pencil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're familiar with your system. No, it's no I'm talking, like you. It's, it, no, it's actually it's actually an app called Paper. Oh, oh, and, oh, and, that and, one. And it's yes. a stylus called Pencil. <laughs> and. Uh, Oh it's kind of it's got me thinking about writing an app that you can actually and I, I looked into it today there are a few apps out there where you can use your um, your iPad as a sketch pad and draw on your monitor so like have yeah a, oh yeah there are apps like that shared video kind of thing yeah totally similar to like a Cintiq which I think uh, a friend of the show Tammy uses um, let's see who's so that's an interesting here. one so let me just take like a two minute segue into here so sure. I, I, I do think if, if that's what you were using, it looked like it was done with uh, Paper by 53 when you did yes. episode 47. Yes. Psst, do you want to buy an app guy? Yeah. Looks yeah. very shady. Looks like he sold a SIM card to uh, Mr. Vey there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting noting that Paper by 53 was or might still be a paid app uh, for all I know, but they dramatically decreased the price if they haven't gone all the way yeah. to zero yet. And they're yeah. pretty much rapidly backing away from the idea of selling the app or even selling in-app purchase type stuff You know oh, really? that, they, that they had done with colors and swatches and stuff and are really heavily doubling down on selling like their stylus, right? The pencil that you noted and a couple yeah. other things. It's kind of like Evernote who seems to be backing away from selling you service and doing more like hey wouldn't you like to buy this moleskine thing that you can write physical paper and then transfer it into evernote mm-hmm. wouldn't you like to buy this other thing that's physical and blah 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 yeah 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 i i, I wonder about that too because I, I did actually i did actually investigate the the 53 uh, sdk for using this stylus right um and then i found there's a bunch of other styluses out there on the market that do the same kind because of, I, I my background in training is is as an artist and one of the most frustrating things in this whole, you know, last 15, 20 years for me is replacing, you know, using a Conte crayon on paper or a pastel on paper or even a watercolor brush, right? And the paper app is the closest thing I've seen using this stylus, the closest thing I've seen to, to doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So far. And, you know, like you, like that was my second or second or third serious set down and do, I had to do a drawing. I was, I was trying to find the guy, um, I've forgotten his name now. Uh, the Muppet that used to sell letters to Kermit the Frog. You know, you want to buy a P? That guy? You guys watch Sesame Street at all? Too long ago, man. Okay. Well, anyway, there was this little guy with a little hat and a little overcoat, and he opened up his, you know... Yeah, yeah. And he had the, the thing... Like, you know, you get the guy selling the watches or whatever, right? So that was my inspiration for, for the for the illustration. 
you know, and then of course I put our apps that we talked about on that episode on there, right? So, but you Ooh, know, somebody's it, it, making popcorn, right? Yeah, <laughs> microwaving anyway. Yeah. But from from a very sort of uh, very sort of um, uh, touchy feely kind of way, it's it's very close to actually drawing with uh, with uh, traditional materials, like because the the pen has the right kind of drag on the screen. Because one of the things with plastic stylus is on a plastic or glass screen is it doesn't feel right right so so that that sort of inspired me to think about maybe writing an app that would uh, that I could then you know create for myself to draw sort of like Aaron did with his magpie thing building an app for himself out of his love for what he likes to do right I just love making apps Tim don't stop me <laughs> I do too so you know it's finding the time is the trickiest part right yeah I think oh yeah, man I look at this so. real-time follow-up apparently Paper by 53 is completely free. Yeah, you like that? Wow. Oh, look at the in-app purchases are free. <laughs> Why yeah, are they used to charge good anymore? money for that before. That's right. right. Oh, the in-app purchases are free? Yeah, I just pasted a screenshot in from iTunes. You can see there. Um, so it's just a get or download, and uh, all the in-app purchases are there free. Cool. Yeah, this was my pick a couple of weeks ago, actually. It's a beautiful app. Yeah, I, I, I really do like it, and... Um, um, I found out about it actually through through a, a tutorial request on that site I write for um, thing, okay. and <laughs> they. Uh, I mean, I didn't even know about the interface because there's there's a couple of apps out there called Paper, right? There's another one similar. Facebook kinda, makes one, yes. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if they were talking about that or this or whatever, but uh, yeah, and and I mean the pen, I got the graphite one, which is I think ten dollars cheaper than the rest, and it was you know worthwhile purchase i love it i mean like it's uh it's supposed to work with other apps but i think the other apps have dropped support for the sdk from paper which i find odd you know well i guess i don't find odd because paper's been out for a number of years right true um but you know like it's if you adopt that sdk then you're basically supporting paper right yeah um i don't know it's one of those business decisions that people make well, because apparently, like, according to their site, you know, Sketchbook Pros from um, uh, Autodesk supports it, and so does Adobe Draw, but my, I'm finding that my, my mileage is varying with those particular apps because they don't seem to have, maybe they've, they've dropped support for, for the SDK and gone to something else, but, uh, mm-hmm. which is frustrating since I just sort of discovered this, you know? Apparently, um, you know, like, one of the big problems with drawing on an iPad screen is the refresh rate. It's like, you know, if you draw your finger across and yeah. line, then the line, it kind of lags behind your finger, behind your drawing. Really? But I've heard that the iPad Air 2 um, has a much faster refresh rate on the screen. Well, maybe that's maybe that's that's the selling point for me because yeah, it's 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 almost I'm I'm, I'm working on an iPad two, Air two right now and it's it's almost instantaneous. There's like no delay whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the pressure sensitive works really well, and you know. And I'm thinking now with uh, iOS nine coming out with all that multitasking support on the iPad, um, yeah. I feel like some kind of filthy animal using a regular iPad Air. <laughs> I've, I'm, I've got <laughs> iOS well nine should. running on it as well. I should. I'm, I'm using it, and it's it's like you know all I can do is like draw this overlay for another app to come onto my screen. Mm-hmm. I can't actually like split screen it. Mm-hmm. That sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> so that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you guys are right. I, I do. Wow, I do remember seeing something at WWDC. I don't even know what session it was. Really explicitly talked about the fact that the iPad Air two was going to have uh, a higher, um, not a refresh rate, but a higher um, precision 
and they, they showed how it was about you know twice as many points that would make lines smoother and so forth. And uh, Google, really? I could have sworn, I, I could probably find this one and put it in the show notes. Google has um, some discussions on its Route 85 or Route 85, depending where you come from. Mm-hmm. Stuff on YouTube that talks about um, using uh, one of the touchpoint APIs where it's it's like a enlarged touchpoint or something similar where you can sort of help smooth things along and, f- and, and have a, a better heuristic as to what the user is actually doing. Mm-hmm. There's also someone should say something about there's that new API in UI Touch where it can like predict where the point is going to be, so you can try to draw ahead of the right. user's fingers. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, really? I do remember seeing that. That was in the State of the Union, wasn't it? I remember from what's new in Cocoa Touch? Oh, okay, maybe. Yeah, I watched that too. Hmm. Can't uh, yeah. I can't find anything else about it here on the web, but I do remember reading something about that. Mm-hmm. I can't get into the support communities. They want me to log in. Hmm. Curses. Drat. Drat. I'd love to be able to find that, though, because I do remember reading that and somebody talking about it. Um, but, yeah, Greg's right. There was this uh, this uh, talk, or mention at least, um, he says in the What's New in Coco talk about how you can now uh, use UI Touch APIs to uh, predict the direction of travel and and draw more up to date with the finger on the screen. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, but that's not what we're, what we're thinking about here. Like it's literally a, a hardware improvement, from what I remember. But can't find it. I'm telling you, I'm sitting here while you guys are talking and, and just playing with this pen on on the iPad Air 2. It is rocking. Yeah, I tell you, like, my wife has the iPad Air 2, and whenever I use it, it's just snappy as all get out. Um, all over the place. You can just tell that it's just faster in every way. Yeah. And it, you know we, people were saying you know it's it's really it's too fast you know <laughs> really <laughs> it doesn't need to be this fast <laughs> really wow. uh, but now with iOS nine you know we see the reason for all that uh, incredible hardware I'm loving it I uh, bet you are curse um, you sorry curse you and your awesome awesome iPad Air well you know and it was like one of these things where like I, like I said before I was a mini person and and if it, if the mini had come with a better um, with a better, uh, like with with Touch ID and better chips, I would I would have definitely gone there instead of this, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, the iPad Mini three, I guess, uh, it's just a really lukewarm upgrade when yeah, it came out yeah, last year. The yeah. the Air two is just amazing. Uh, hopefully, we'll see a better upgrade this fall, right? Like when the iPad Air three comes out and the uh, iPod iPad Mini four, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see those guys go sort of uh, with with a lot more parity. Hmm. Yeah. So who knows though? We're gonna see. So uh, that's that's why we love watching these guys. Do you have a pick, Tim? So my pick this week is um, a friend of the show, Matt Ludke. We talked about him before uh, re- with respect to the research kit tutorial that he wrote on RayWinLake.com. Um, he's posted some uh, tracks that I guess he produced. That sound like this. Yep. <laughs> Boy, that's so rude. Jaime, why would you do that? <laughs> I thought somebody's phone had gone off. <laughs> Jaime, stop it. Stop playing this. We're trying to listen to Tim talk. So this is about... Well, you can use it as background music. But, um, yeah, so, so he's basically sat... I guess he sat down with his guitar and his piano and some sort of uh, music app. And I haven't talked to him about it, but he... Um, 
has produced these 30 second stingers that you can use behind your uh, your apps for your app your video previews because one of the things about you know writing making a video preview from your app it's easy enough to do it but to have some backing music to go along with it so he's you know written some different styles some of them are sort of a little bit more placid and some are more actiony kind of tunes and some are darker and more sophisticated um, but it's it's cool that he's put these up for free for developers to grab and I totally just downloaded the whole set. Did you really? Totally did go. it. There you go. One satisfied customer already. They're so. pretty cool, actually. Uh, yeah, this happy dark preview. I like the idea of a I, dark preview. I like preview. the dark preview one. You can play that one. Oh, maybe that was the second one. I think. This is the fifth uh, one, actually. I favorited it. You can favorite them on uh, on um, SoundCloud. There's, they're, they're hosted on SoundCloud, so you can listen to them. If you, don't have, you don't have to download the whole set unless you're like Aaron and you need to have the whole set. I'm a, I'm a completionist. It's only 14 megs. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Are you still, like, you, you're too old to understand that that's actually nothing? <laughs> Me? <laughs> Am I too old? We took a left-hand turn. Like, all, I don't know. You know uh, <laughs> this is such a fun uh, show, isn't it? <laughs> it is. So, Is this so, the show uh, now? Is this the show? This is the show. Okay. Yeah, we're talk- this is us talking about the show. Okay. Oh, that's what I like. Dark Preview 4. Dark Preview 4. Dark Jedi. You'll have to play. Can you hear it? Yeah, no. No, I can't, but here we go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Very electronic. Yeah. That's and extremely it's good bad. stuff. Yes, yes. Very good, good. stuff. Yeah. That's it. Like, you know, that's a skill, you know? Like, being able to create music like that. And he, he created 24 tracks here. Uh, 23, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. There's a README file. Um, and, and just, like, make them different enough and yet generic enough to be used in a variety of situations. Sure. That's talent, baby. Sure. Right, yeah, so he, uh, yeah, I noticed here on the, on the SoundCloud site that they're under Creative Commons license, license. So you just want to read that, make sure that, and give them an attribution for it if you use it in your videos. It would be great. Um, but yeah, but there you go. If that's one, one, uh, one more things that our fellow developers can... Uh, take advantage of if they like to so greg do you have a pick my pick this week is a whole lot of videos to watch the fine folks at realm who seem to be hosting videos for every ios conference known to humankind has posted the links for the altconf 2015 videos as well as the swift summit which happened in london a few months back and they've been releasing Swift Summit videos slowly, a couple every week, but they've all been posted. So all of the Swift Summit is there, and most of the altcom videos are there for your viewing pleasure. And there's plenty of things to watch. Of course, maybe you're not even caught up with WWDC videos yet, but here's even more stuff for you to watch. How am I ever going to watch all those videos? There's so many of them. I have no idea which to choose. I have to take a week off to watch these, I think. I know. It's like, is, is there more videos here than there was at, at uh, WWDC? There was 90 videos at WWDC. Is that how many? 90? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Nice. It's crazy, man. But, yeah, it is crazy. No, I have no time to watch. Look, at like I'm just going at the alt comp videos. It's outrageous, the number. I know, I know. And then, and like st- some of the cool ones that uh, haven't published yet, so I can see why there's only been so many of them, right, so far. But um, I, li- I listened to uh, or watched uh, my buddy Graham Lee. I met him um, at one of the first conferences I went to. Um, he's uh, He talks about, uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. 
Right. It's it's a great talk, and and you know he sort of says I've been programming for you know a long time, but I have no idea what I'm doing. And his the theme of his talk is that perhaps you have you have no idea what you're doing, but there is something that you're good at. That that if we collaborate together between the two of us, we'll we'll be able to um, come up with something interesting. So outrageous interesting talk. Interesting talk. I wanted to hear. Uh, um, Aaron Hillegas, I like his talks, and he apparently talked about, um, he was one of the first people when Swift came out to say, you still need to learn Objective-C, and apparently he's now, according to this uh, uh, description of his talk, has changed, or actually, I think it was on the uh, RayWonderLake.com, one of of our pals did an article on the top 10 um, sessions at AltConf. And he talked about Aaron Hillegas's talk was was interesting. So another one to look forward to. Eulogy for Objective C. Is um is that in the alt comp ones? Yeah, it's in the alt comp. There's so many, I'm having trouble finding it. It's very it's very top uh, top row. Oh goody! I'll just go back to the top row then. I hear fire trucks coming, so maybe it'll be oh, quiet that's... soon. Hmm. Good. So what what button do you have to push to make it quieter? There is the by the fire panel. The little light lights up, and then if you oh yeah. Put touch it with your finger then uh it's got some contact on there and it makes it a little bit quieter right so is that still ringing in your house or is it ringing in the hallway kind of thing uh, it's probably ringing everywhere okay cool see you guys were worried about some earthquake event that may or may not happen in our lifetimes and here it is yeah. i'm finding out that toronto is gonna go up like a tinderbox to put the <laughs> chicago fire of the early 1900s to shame, shame yeah yeah well i'm safe and whippy so it's cool <laughs> I think the traffic would be so much better. <laughs> well, I guess that's it for the week, and we'll just uh, wrap it up. So, Aaron, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? Go to Twitter, at Aaron Vay on Twitter, or check out my app, Magpie Video, at magpievideo.com. And Greg, if you want to, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? They can find me on Twitter. I am at Greg Heo. That's Greg, H-E-O. And, and Jaime, if people want to find you on the interwebs. At Dev the Hair and devwithahair.com. And if they want to find out more about that uh, iOS job, where would they go? They would go to offerupnow.com slash jobs. Slash jobs, there you go. And once again, my name is Tim Mitra. I'm in Toronto, Ontario. I can be found on Twitter at T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A and on my website, it-guy.com. And I guess that's it for the week, and we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There, you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items we talked about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website, or if you can, please write a review on iTunes. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. You can provide as little as a dollar a month. Any amount helps. However, you're free to do as you please. Thanks again for listening. All right. I held down the mute button the the entire time just for you. <laughs> okay, I'll do this one. What too. kind of mic do you have there, Greg? I've I've switched around. I'm using a um, I don't know what it is. It's an Audio Technica. Like it looks like an oh. actual microphone that you would hold in your hand. 
Oh, thank oh, you, smashy one. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah that's well, a well-regarded no, brand. Like a karaoke microphone. Uh, no, it just like you, know, you like said when you hold mic. your hand like, like American Idol sing, style, you mean, or? like you could, you know, like the blue. You guys are using like the blue Yeti, right? Like you cannot seriously. Really, you you're can't doing really karaoke hold that. when you're not on the show, right? You can't really hold the blue Yeti in your hand and use it. It's that not, would be like, this looks like like you could hold it. It looks like what you would have if you were like singing or something. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not karaoke, holding it. Yeah, it's in a Greg Hill, the crooner. I don't know if Jaime or Greg wanted. Well, yeah, go ahead and do do the first one. Okay. Uh, like, we, we'll laugh at you. Uh, yeah, do that. But right, when? Are you when, ready? No, listen. Let's let's you're ready. Okay. Go ahead. Before I do what that, you say? what you're you're being an ass right now. I uh, it's called revenge is a meal yes, that's served cold. Yes, it is. served cold, <laughs> and it's so very cold <laughs> in space. As cold as your heart. <laughs> yes. I do not. I am barely prepared for this episode. <laughs> Just glad I made it this time. <laughs> Uh, fine. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot how we do this show. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for the week. Wow, I guess, drunk. Uh, um, Maybe we can come back to it. You guys talk about the next thing. I'm gonna go <laughs> hit the button and silence it a little bit. <laughs> What's the next thing? There is no uh, next thing. That's it. <laughs>